Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Well, hello, listeners. We have the pleasure of having a guest and an executive spotlight, along with two amazing pitches. And our guest, Lisa Ascalis, is a return guest. She's kind of a regular on the show because she knows so much about entrepreneurism. She's an inventor who's manufactured and marketed her own products and has many patents. She's known as the inventress, and she has helped hundreds of inventors, dreamers, and entrepreneurs move their inventions from concept to product, selling on QVC, HSN, gotten on Shark Tank, etc. The list goes on forever. So welcome, Lisa. It's so wonderful. I was listening to you. I was, so I got caught up listening to what you were saying. I, was, I was hypnotized. Were you not hypnotized by <laughs> Elizabeth's voice and her beauty? Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> See, look at her. Her amazingness. Thank you so much, Richard and Elizabeth, for having me back again and again. Aren't you not sick of me by now talking no, about No, no, you're no. Our, our most popular guest. All right. I'm loving it, loving it. And thank you so much for that great introduction. Now, I can't, when I hear it, I it blows me away and not to be braggadocious or anything because I'm really not. I feel so blessed to be in this position and to be back on your show time and time again. Uh, you guys rock. You know that. Well, thank you very much. You, you rock. You rock. The <laughs> so, uh, no, no, it's such a pleasure to be here all the time and talking about my journey and entrepreneurship because there's nothing better than that. You know, people say the sky's the limit. There's no limit to anything that you can achieve or accomplish based upon your desire to want to do it. If you see something, and I, I've seen this since I was a little kid, I guess my earliest, I was about nine years old when I started seeing modifications in everything that existed in front of me. I would look at products and things and items, and so I didn't call them products back in the day, obviously. There were things, tissue boxes and whatever you see in front of you. And I'd say, why is this made like this? Why is it not made this way? And I would modify those things from the time I was nine years old. I would take things, and my poor mother and father would like really screw up their homes. I was like, gonna <laughs> say, <laughs> I like jack things up. Like I was mess up. things up. Lisa's been at it again. <laughs> Lisa, what, what, what was she thinking today? No, so but innovating and inventing products is what I always done for as long as I've known myself. I, I've lived it, and uh, I've dreamed it, and th this is what I'm doing today. I'm helping not only developing products for myself and my family. And um, seeing changes in products that currently exist and creating solution-oriented products, but helping other people to see the same thing. Many people come to me and say, you know, I have this vision and I've had it for 10 years or 15 years. Then I saw it on the shelf. I saw my same invention that I thought of on the shelf. And that's the worst thing in the world, by the way. We get more clients who fall into that yeah. category and they <laughs> right. say, I'm not going to let it happen a second time. Not, not not this time. Not this time. So when you see it, envision it and do it. Again, I'm so grateful to be in this space and thank you again for having me. That well, was a long you. introduction well, to no, myself. No, that was wonderful. So <laughs> speaking of success stories, though, I'd like to bring up Kevin Lane. He's done so many fantastic things and he you've has. helped him out so much. And we're doing a special uh, on Kevin on Instagram right now. So if you want to go to our Passage to Profit Show Instagram page, you're going to see all sorts of stories about Kevin Lane and Create a Castle. But Lisa, you've been really instrumental in his success. Kevin Lane is just such a powerhouse. And um, I met Kevin through the Gearhearts. Kevin has an amazing product called Create a Castle. 
that literally builds sandcastles and snow castles with this incredible mold that he invented. And there's so much of a story behind this. I can talk about Kevin for two and a half th- or three days. I was going to say two and a half hours. It's two days. So Kevin was on a beach, uh, I guess, about a year ago and with his product building sandcastles. And a woman uh, came up to him. And that wonderful woman is Kenya Gibson, our Lo- media maven, our and media I. Okay, <laughs> so and she Ken- was the one who roped us into doing the show too. Yes, by the way. yes, and that, I so mean, she so gets Kenya, credit for a so lot Kenya, of Kenya goes way back. Um, so Kenya saw Kevin building this wonderful sandcastle with his product. She couldn't believe what he was doing. She went to the Gearhearts and said, "You know what? This guy needs to be on your show." And not only does he need to be on your show, he needs to meet Lisa, who's the inventress who can bring products to national television from QVC and everywhere else. What happened when he went on QVC? Because he told me some interesting stories. Kevin won a two-minute elevator pitch at my conference last year, which is called AOE, A-O-W-I-E.com, the Association of Women Inventors and Entrepreneurs. We have a wonderful conference. We have pitch competition every year. He won the pitch competition, so I helped him to get to QVC. So Kevin got his product on QVC, and he pretty much sold out on the first six minutes he was on television. And that typically doesn't happen. He was on three times on QVC. Three times. Wow. So recently, I know that Kevin was picked up. Someone saw that he was on QVC and did a whole lot of stuff. And and I know he just got a whole lot of POs from a giant big box store. So Kevin, you talk about marketing and branding. This man is on point. He brings his product and puts it in your face. I talk about marketing. If you take a look at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they're so out there, they only need to use a letter. They don't even have to say their own name. You say F, you know it's Facebook. <laughs> they, they, just, they say the letter F, you know, mm, Facebook. Well, you see a camera, you know it's Facebook. to profit, it's P. It's P. <laughs> That's it. It's P. Oh, yeah. So that this is what Kevin's doing right now. He's creating a brand the same way Facebook has created a brand for themselves. The same way Instagram has created a brand that you only see their logo and you know what it is. People know who Creative Castle is because he's put it out there. One of my clients, I was literally in a consultation and I was talking about Kevin, of course, and Creative Castle. And my brand new client said, Oh, I know Creative Castle. He wears light blue, right? He was at blue and he's got sand. Oh, and- so branding is very important. Branding is super important. Wow. And that's what he's doing because he's all over the map. He's going from beach to beach, from city to city, and he's he's putting himself out there. Well, and that's what branding and marketing is. So Owens Corning Fiberglass has a trademark on the color pink for the insulation. You know, the insulation yes. that you put in the roof of your house. Mm-hmm. Well, Owens Corning has a trademark on that color pink, so nobody else can sell pink insulation. And it was a fantastic marketing and branding idea. They've Mm -hmm. done extremely well with it. And another company, Caterpillar, the one that makes the tractors and you see driving around on the farm, green and yellow. That color scheme is protected by federal trademarks. And so if your product gets to be so recognized that it's recognizable by the color, you can get a trademark on that color. So I don't well, know if Kevin's there yet, but who knows? No. Someday it may be. This is a conversation, Richard. <laughs> what amazes me is, okay, building sandcastles, really? I mean, you could do that with your hands. You don't really have to have something. The product is very innovative and very fun to use, and it has all little extra things like lights and stuff. But really, you could do all of that and be sitting there with a warehouse full. 
It's really the marketing that lets everybody know they're there. And that's how you sell things. Yeah. So many of my clients, before they even develop a product, they'll say to me, how can you get me to QVC? I say, you haven't even built a product yet. Let's figure out the product. and Putting uh, the cart before the horse. Putting the cart before the horse. Once you get your product in the warehouse, well, prior to getting it in the warehouse, when you're in manufacturing, let's make a list of where you want to see your product being sold. So what kind of product really does well on QVC? What do you tell your clients? If they want to be on QVC, your product has to hit these bullet points. What are those bullet points? Well, you need to look good. I mean, if you take a look at Shark Tank, number one, you're all dressed up and ready to go. You have your shiny shoes on. You got your nice jacket on. You're all buttoned up. Your hair is not a mess. Like mine is a little jacked up right now from <laughs> oh, these for headsets. For God's sake. A little <laughs> jacked up. I have, I have never seen Lisa looking less than perfect. <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, she's a 20. Okay, come <laughs> you're on. Crazy. But anyway, you need to be all buttoned up when you present a product. And you never know when you're going to change somebody's mind. Even if it's not a product that they typically take, you need to do, show your wares. You need to show how this product makes a difference in society how it's a solution-oriented product. And I have to say, uh, QVC, HSN, Shop HQ, they're like retail stores now. They're selling everything, from Nathan's hot dogs to uh, Michael Kors bags to you name it, they're selling it. So if you go in with a good backstory and a reason why everyone should buy your product, you could possibly be in. I'm not making any promises, but I'm saying make a difference. Make your look different from anybody else's. Look authentic and have a backstory. I think you want to have a product that has broad appeal. Too, 100%. Right? In niche products, I think they're a little bit harder to do on QVC, right? But Absolutely. Maybe they, maybe they take some. No, I mean, the demographic is typically uh, women between the ages of 35 and, and now over. You know, because obviously we're getting older these days. We're healthier. <laughs> but I mean, yes, you need to have a product that you take a look at your market. I mean, take a look at your demographics. Look at QVC and HSN. Most people say, I want to be on QVC. Well, why? Take a look at what they're selling. And do you fit there? It's not just QVC. It's back of your trunk. It's your website. Well, now it doesn't have to be in the back of your trunk. You can have your own website, your own Facebook page. You can sell products on Facebook and everywhere else. But part of the QVC experience is the exposure that your product gets. Bed Bath & Beyond and other retail outlets that routinely pick up products that are on QVC and other shopping networks. So part of it is the exposure. I mean, is QVC profitable for the people who are pitching projects or are they really just more into the after sales? Okay, so QVC or any television network is in for, nobody's doing you a favor, by the way. When you get on QVC, it's because they think the product is going to sell. They're not doing anybody favors and saying, well, let's just give this product a chance because we like this person. That's not what it's about. So when they bring a product on, they're looking to make money. They're looking to make a profit. The folks coming in need to understand their, their numbers before you go in because you may not be profitable, but you have a wonderful marketing space. Right. It's a wonderful space to market your product like never before. You get basically a national platform, which most entrepreneurs can't get unless you're on QVC. Yes, that's true. But I have a point to make. Just because you've been on QVC does not mean it's over. Take that platform and run with it. When you've been on QVC, it needs to be all over your website, all over social media, like Kevin's done. Create a castle. He has taken that opportunity and built on it over and over again, and you can't stop. Don't be a one-hit wonder because you've been on something. Take the tools that you've gotten. Take that whole emblem, that logo that QVC has, that everyone sees, and run with it. They tell you. They tell you, put it on your website because when you click on it, guess what? You come to our website. And iHeart is very 
particular, too, about who gets to use their logo. But if you're on Passage to Profit, you do get to use the iHeart logo on your branding. And so if you have a project and you'd like to be on the show, please contact us. And in addition to getting a great experience and great exposure, you get to use the iHeart logo, which can really help you promote your brand. And I love every minute of it. You know you're all over my website, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Did I even ask you? I think we told you you could. (laughs) I think think you did tell me. I don't think I do. I'm very careful. You have a a new website, too, with like you glamming it out, right? Yeah, you're totally glammed on that website. Do you see the spin? (laughs) I'm on there with my heels and I'm spinning with my long coat. (laughs) (laughs) It's you. (laughs) It's totally you, Lisa. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to do that on the Gerhardt Law website. Oh, you're all about it. I want to get back to one more thing about Kevin, though. Yes. That I thought was really impressive. And I think you helped him with this, Lisa. He has sandcastles for when you're on the beach in the summer. And his thought was, well, I can sell them to Australia in the winter. But then he turned them into snow castle mm. builders mm. so he could sell them all winter long. Yes, he did. That's being picked up left and right. When he was on Kelly and Ryan last year, I believe it was, everybody flipped out. He was on the toy segment. And when Kelly and Ryan saw the snow and they saw that he was building it out of snow, they just went absolutely nuts. Not only was it Stan, I mean, because here we, we live on the East Coast. We get lots of snow. And they went nuts. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper was on the show the day that Creative Castle was on. And he took one. Kelly said, put this right in his limousine because he's going to be playing with that all winter long. <laughs> so, so I think the point. It's kind of funny <laughs> to think of Anderson yeah. Cooper at the <laughs> beach. He, well, <laughs> Anderson Cooper, I spoke with Kevin last night. I said, get in touch with Anderson right now because the winter's coming. We're about to hit many snow days. And he'll be out in the snow playing with that bad boy. Yeah, he will. And the point I is, believe he will. Yes, he will. I'm speaking the, that into existence. <laughs> so the point, though, I was trying to get to is that if you have something you've made that you want to sell, you should really brainstorm with a marketing expert like Lisa and say, well, I want to sell this to five-year-old kids to do this with it and have her or yourself or somebody else look at it and say, yeah, but you got a whole other market over here. Yeah. So do the marketing in these five different segments. Don't just stick to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? you got to broaden your horizons for 100%. And I'd love to be able to speak with all of you about this. I mean, you can go to my website, inventingatoz.com. That's inventing a toz.com. You can email me info at inventing a toz.com. And let me tell you something. I return my emails. I return my phone calls. In fact, I'll give you a shout out for my phone number. It's 732-647-5433. That's 732-647-5433. I will sit and consult with you and brainstorm, tweak. Um, And of course, once we come up with something that makes sense, I'll then send you over to Richard and Elizabeth. (laughs) If you you couldn't write down that phone number, don't worry, because the podcast comes out tomorrow and you can hear it there. We have many listeners who hear the show and they love Lisa and they contact her and they get great advice. So yes, but go to Passage Profit. You know what? Figure out how to get on this show and you will be elated. You'll have a blast with two great and fun people. I won't get into too much detail because I'll be giving too much away. They need to come and meet you and figure out how they can get on your show. I'm Passage to Profit, WOR 710. We'll be back right after this commercial break. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful 
successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our executive spotlight this evening is Simon Breyer, who's from Vistaprint, and he's calling from the UK. Simon is the Director of Customer Strategy at Vistaprint, and he has a lot to share with small business owners and entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show, Simon. Such an honor to have you here. Before the show, we were talking a little bit about a study that Vistaprint did on side hustles. And so maybe you can explain to our audience what a side hustle is and tell the audience what information you found out. We conducted uh, an online survey amongst the U.S. population, uh, 2,000 actually, uh, adults, to understand their perceptions and their drivers for starting a side hustle. So if I explain uh, firstly what a side hustle is, um, a side hustle is essentially uh, a side business uh, in addition to what might be your kind of primary income stream or your primary uh, job. And I think what we found really interesting, uh, although uh, given our area of expertise, maybe not so surprising, uh, is that side hustles have become increasingly mainstream uh, over the last few years uh, in in the U.S. Uh, And it was encouraging uh, to see so many Americans essentially running a passion-based project on the side. That's really interesting because I'm getting closer to retirement in my career, and I worked for large companies before starting Gearheart Law. And having the side hustle was always sort of frowned on, right? People wanted you to devote your full time to the main company. And based on your statistics, it sounds like maybe primary employers aren't so concerned about that anymore. Well, that's an interesting perception. Uh, I think uh, perhaps it's less uh, maybe about the tolerance of the primary employer uh, and more about the sort of the mindset uh, of, of the individuals that are, are running side hustles. And there's definitely sort of an age uh, sort of skew to that. Uh, what our study revealed that, uh, you know, to, to, to use the cliche of sort of Gen Z and, and millennials, the number uh, of those doing side hustles is a lot higher, according to our survey, sort of 44 and 36% respectively, compared to just 17% of baby boomers. So, to your point, uh, I think there's definitely uh, a sort of difference in the sort of tolerance and acceptance and willingness, if you like, yeah. uh, to, to drive the side hustle. Yeah, I, and it's interesting because, again, when I first started my career, companies made a big issue out of company loyalty. And let's face it, that's just gone now. So both the employers and the employees accept the fact that somebody might have other interests. So Simon, your assistant Adam sent a list of things, topics that we could talk about. And there are six tips for starting a side hustle. Do you want to talk about those a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I I would just sort of address the the point uh, that Richard made. I think there's just generally a movement towards uh, more portfolio careers. And, And I think in order to be successful in a side hustle, there are essentially kind of 
six tips you know, for finding success. Given this is uh, something that you would be doing in addition potentially to the primary income stream, you know, it's really important that you're, you know, the side hustle is something that you enjoy, which may sound slightly obvious, but you know, it's, it needs to be something that you're kind of passionate about and you have an inherent interest in, uh, given that it will take up the sort of free time, if you like, that you might otherwise have. I think the second area is it's important to sort of focus on, on tasks that will uh, help sort of generate uh, revenue, uh, given unsurprisingly that was one of the prior motivators, you know, to generate uh, additional money. Uh, That's yeah. the hard part, right? <laughs> it really it really is. So, Simon, this is Lisa Askley, the inventress. I was so excited to know that you're coming on the show because I have to tell you, I use Vistaprint on a regular basis. I do my business cards. I, I have um, lots of banners and so forth that I use through Vistaprint. And I think what most people don't know is that you can get one-on-one commitment from Vistaprint. I love it. And I, when, when I was speaking with Richard and Elizabeth, I was telling them, you know, I, I have so many clients who've built businesses, starting with a business card and everything that you do on their side hustle. My daughters, my son, all of my children have uh, side businesses or side hustles, and all of them have built their businesses based upon one thing. Uh, and that's marketing strategy, right? So you have business cards and we start there, which is what you provide so beautifully. Vistaprint gives everybody the attention that they need. It's not just a business card, which is what I thought it was many years ago. Well, that's where I think you started. So yeah, I love all of your bullet pointed strategies in starting your business in terms of marketing and networking, but you have to start somewhere. And it just reiterates everything that I talk about with my children and the people who come to my business, I say, you got to start somewhere, start with a business card and all of your other strategies. You're absolutely right, you know, that we empower a small business to be able to, you know, uh, market and promote themselves, uh, you know, effectively, you know, through a range of customized products. And, and to build on the, sort of the third point uh, that we would make around, you know, tips for success is, you know, it is, it is important to, to build a strong sort of social uh, media presence. A lot of our small businesses are using Facebook and Instagram uh, as channels to reach, uh, you know, their intended uh, customers. But building on that, you know, it is important to sort of have a, a clear, a sort of longer term uh, objective. You know, what is, why have you started this side hustle, uh, potentially beyond it being something that you enjoy? Uh, you know, and what are you ultimately trying to achieve? And now, obviously, uh, generating revenue may be one aspect, but there may be others. Uh, it may be that you're you're saving, or you're trying to you know you're, you're trying to generate income uh, for a particular reason. Uh, maybe it's to uh, get a deposit on a, on a down payment on a house, or maybe it's you know for a special occasion. So there, there needs to be a reason as to why uh, you're doing that and have some kind of you know uh, goal in mind. It is unsurprisingly important to leverage word of mouth marketing, and I think a lot of the products that we offer to uh, small businesses. You know, enable you to do that. And then the, the sixth point, which I think is really interesting and also uh, critically important, is to network with people who, who run side businesses so that you can sort of learn from what they do and how they do that. So the network effect uh, and network learning is, is really quite critical. We know that you know, some of our small business owners like uh, and seek out other like-minded businesses uh, for that sort of advice uh, and direction. Uh, and it can be it can be tough being a small business owner wearing multiple hats with many things to do. So actually reaching out uh, and connecting with like-minded individuals can be extremely beneficial. And I think there's a lot of side hustles that are associated with crafts or around making things. People have hobbies. They like to make things. How do people know when they're ready to make the leap from part-time side hustle to full-time entrepreneur? I think you know when the amount of time 
your spending on your side hustle is increasing more uh, more beyond uh, maybe what you originally envisaged. Uh, I think you know when you start to see bars of success that you set, maybe you're reaching them or you're starting uh, to exceed them and you feel comfortable making that transition uh, into sort of a, a full-time entrepreneur. But I think that's the reason why of the six tips, one of those tips is setting a clear objective. Is it your objective, uh, you know, to make enough to do X uh, or is it actually, uh, is there uh, another objective that you have in mind? Uh, and if you reach those, uh, then it helps you evaluate what next. Simon, I know you haven't heard our story before. Richard and I have said this a couple of times. Richard was working at a large pharma company and decided to start his own law firm. And I told him I would help him in any way I could. And we had both come from big corporations. And what a shock it was to us that marketing is important. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. And I think when I looked at your site just a couple of days ago, what blew me away was I could go to you saying, I want to start this company. And I think I kind of want a logo that looks like this. I need to find a name. And I could end up with a completed website and tchotchkes and everything matches. It's all cohesive. She was so excited when she saw that. She does, Elizabeth does the marketing for our firm and and you could have like a cohesive brand platform where everything that you need for the business is branded in the same way. And Vistaprint has people who will help you come up with that branding scheme. We, as I said earlier, want to sort of empower small businesses you know, to promote themselves uh, in, in the most sort of impactful way. And so, you know, we offer, you know, a range of services that will help our small business owners design their products uh, to have that maximum impact. And, you know, there are articles uh, in our ideas and advice page that talk about the importance of branding and having consistency, you know, across uh, the materials uh, that you create, because ultimately it needs to all come from the same place you know, and deliver, you know, the unique selling point or the message that you're trying to communicate about your business. That's what I love about working with your company also. You did. I mean, for me, and this is many years in in the making, when I go to your sales force and I go online and I make that phone call and I ask for someone to help, they take a look at what I've previously done, all of my logos and my website, because I want to change my card. And they say, well, you know, let's keep the same brand going. And that's what Vistaprint does. And I, I really, I hats off to, to what you guys do. And most, many people don't know. They, they kind of go out to, to different companies. But you guys have kept it together for me. All of my business cards, all of my banners match because your team has done a wonderful job. Everybody, this has been Simon Breyer. And he's the Director of Customer Strategy at Vistaprint. It's been very interesting and very informative. And we really appreciate the time that you spent with us. Great meeting you, Simon. It was lovely meeting you all. And have a good rest of the day. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. And our special guest this evening, Lisa Ascalese, the inventress. We'll be right back after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, 
Contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Now it's time for the pitches. But before we start, some vital info. When you are listening to these wonderful pitches, please think about which one you like best and try to decide. And if you can decide, go to the Passage to Profit page on the Gearhart Law website and vote. And you need to scroll down to find the poll to vote. I know it's a tough decision, but maybe you can get your friend next door to vote for the other one if you like them both so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's Gearhart Law, G-E-A-R-H. H-A-R-T-L-A-W. Everyone gets one vote, and the voting is open for four and a half days. So don't forget to like us, too, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And get your friends to vote, and you can remember the name of the show by imagining walking down a passage with a huge pot of gold at the end. Passage to Profit. And may your passage be short and your profit be huge. Now on to the pitch portion of our show. Each contestant gets two minutes to pitch, followed by discussion with Lisa, Elizabeth, and myself, and the best overall all vote getter gets a professionally produced video of their pitch of $500 value. And it goes on to our YouTube channel. So let's get started. Our first pitch is Somnath Ray Som with Clipbike. Welcome. You have two minutes. Thank you, Elizabeth. We are Clip.bike. We are solving bicycling effort for all bike commuters. Why are we doing this? There are twice as many bicycles uh, than cars on this planet, and yet urban transportation emissions contribute up to 20% of our total greenhouse gas emissions. So why aren't people biking more uh, and enough? We know that we have uh, electric bikes. Uh, however, electric bikes are very heavy. They, you know, they are between 40 to 70 pounds. They're very expensive. They cost between 2000 to 3000 dollars. And uh, surveys show that, you know, 50% of e-bikes end up stolen in North America. But most importantly, you know, people like me who are committed by commuters, I mean, we love our bikes that we own. They're part of our personality. They signify who we are. So why can't people like me uh, convert the bikes that we already own into an e-bike uh, when we want uh, for a commute uh, and then uh, turn it back to a normal e-bike when we want to ride it as a normal bike? So we've designed this portable device that you can attach uh, to any bike and instantly uh, upgrade it into an e-bike. Uh, it's a lightweight device. It weighs between uh, 4.5 to 5 pounds. It has a motor. It has a, a battery pack. It really you know, helps you reduce your effort when you're going uphill or you know, when you're returning home uh, at the end of a hard day's work and you're kind of tired and you don't want to bike all that much. So it can really take the effort off. Uh, I've been using it for the past uh, month testing our prototype and it's I've shaved 10 minutes off my commute and I get back home, uh, you know, completely out, sort of not out of breath anymore. Uh, so in that sense, it's been great. Why is Clip unique? Um, it's portable. Uh, it weighs as much as a 15-inch MacBook Pro. It costs uh, half the price of a regular bike and it's universal. It works with any bicycle. So we imagine a future when uh, people can just attach this into their regular bikes and then go to work on their bicycles and uh, help push back against climate change. 
this is really timely as well because uh, just today uh, we hear the news that San Francisco's Market Street is now going to be completely car-free uh, street. Uh, New York has already done that with 14th Street. Uh, this is, uh, you know, this is a this is a great transition that's happening across the world, and we want to be on the right side of this and helping everybody, empowering everybody to bike more. Yeah, I think it's great, and I think one thing that you kind of pointed out was. You can ride your bike. When you get tired, you can put that on, or you can have it on the whole time. But you can take it off and bring it into your office with you when you get to work or put it in your backpack and walk around campus. So nobody's probably going to steal a bike that's not an e-bike, right? Exactly. So uh, one of the big problems is e-bikes are very heavy. You can't take them inside. They get stolen. So if this is on a regular bike, you can just take it off the bike. Uh, it, it's pretty lightweight. Uh, you can you could it actually works with shared bikes as well. So you can if you have a multimodal commute, if you're coming in from outside the city, you can actually carry it with you in your backpack and use it on any shared bike as well. I love your pitch. I love you. You you touched on so many points that the questions I was going to ask you, you literally answered during your pitch. And one of the questions I wanted to ask was the weight. How much does this weigh? If you are commuting with this and you're you're using a regular bicycle, you answered that, that it can go on any bicycle, which I love, and it makes your, your ride simpler. What's the cost of this for a regular consumer? So uh, we are still in prototyping phase. Uh, we are going to launch by next year, and we want to price it uh, somewhere below $350, essentially. So somewhere between $250 and $350 is where we're going to price it. Did you invent this product uh, yourself? Yes, yes. You invented this? Yes. To be it, fair, there have been friction drive motor devices in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, the VeloSolix was a hugely popular friction drive device. Uh, it was actually a bicycle uh, with a front engine, which was a small 50cc internal combustion engine. This is a contemporary version of that. Let me ask you this question. When you're pedaling, does it help you go faster, or does the motor just sort of take over and run at its own speed? That's a great question, and we've worked really hard around the user experience of this. The way this works is it's, it's a smart device. It knows uh, what speed you're sort of pedaling at, and when you activate it, it essentially uh, boosts your uh, speed up to a certain threshold. And then only if you pedal more will it boost it up to the next threshold. So it's, it's really great when you're going uphill especially. So like cruise control. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So like how fast can you go with this? Uh, we, what's your top speed? So uh, what's your what's your 0 to 60? Tesla has like insane mode. So um, we, So you have an insane mode too. So we we think that you know we're going to have uh, different profiles that you can update your device on the fly mm -hmm. on air. And essentially, you know, choose the profile that you want to use that particular day. But, you know, New York has uh, a limit of uh, 20 miles per hour, uh, the class one specification for e-bikes. Uh, this is definitely below that. And, and we are going to make sure that it stays below that. So how does this actually run? Are there electronics that go into this? Is there batteries? Essentially, this is a friction drive device. This is the friction drive motor, which uh, when you lock it onto the front fork of your bike, it will essentially drive the front wheel uh, based on how much you're pedaling. It has a fairly big battery, a 36-volt battery, which you know gives you a range of uh, up to 15 to 20 miles. I ride it every day back and forth from home to work, and I charge it every three days when it's about 50% full. So it has great range. Uh, in the future, we expect to have uh, you know different sizes of batteries that you can swap in and out, perhaps. But this is a custom battery that we've designed for. This. It is a custom battery, yes. so people would have to purchase the battery from you in order to replace. This becomes a razor blade. So you're selling the battery <laughs> over and over again. You're pretty smart. <laughs> pretty smart. 
time. And then you have to buy the special charger too. Oh, and the charger. (laughs) The the other parts of this, you know, that we want to sort of be able to sell as well, like for example, the roller. So we understand that in different types of weather, you need different types of treads. Mm -hmm. So we've designed this very uh, easy to swap out roller that you can uh, swap in and out. So we we will have a whole set of consumables in terms of the roller as well. Uh, The side panels that you see, uh, we are going to uh, collaborate with, you know, uh, great artists who will, you know, imagine what the bottom of skateboards are like. So the side panels will be customized side panels as well. So it'll be a lifestyle product. So could you put advertising on the sides? Like, <laughs> <laughs> did they pay you a boatload for that or something? So we are partnering with bike manufacturers because, you know, we see two types of customers in the future uh, or when we launch, essentially. So the cu- customers like me who are frequent bike riders who already own the bike and we want to sort of, you know, sell to them because they can attach it to their bike. Uh, but then also, you know, aspiring bikers who are in the market for buying a new bike. Uh, so we want to partner with bike manufacturers. So when uh, a customer is in the market for buying a new bike, they can make an easy decision. They can either buy, uh, you know, a soulless generic $3,000 e-bike or they can buy this beautiful, you know, a Linus or a, or a public or, you know, a state bicycle company bike, you know, like a more uh, a niche, beautifully crafted bicycle with clip as a fairly affordable and easily affordable upgrade, actually. It is a very personal decision about what frame to get, right. what kind of frame, what kind of brakes, what kind of gears. This gives them the option of using their bike for just regular commuting, right. but also still being able to ride their bike. One other thing I'd like to mention, uh, which is, you know, the ancillary part of this product is, I mean, we are tackling the two main sort of barriers when it comes to bicycling. Uh, effort and safety is the other. And already, you know, uh, there have been 23 fatalities in New York this year. So we see safety as something that we must tackle and we should sort of, you know, use technology to help tackle that. So we are sort of developing an app as well, which is becomes a way for people to become aware of if there are bicycle lane infractions to help the city send, you know, more policing in those zones. So this device will have uh, other hardware upgrades uh, like a camera, which, you know, you can easily take photographs of bicycle lanes that are blocked or bicycle lanes that are, you know, bad infrastructure. Is there a light indicator? Do you have like a little fuel valve on the yes. on the battery so you <laughs> yes. have, know you have, how much you have left? No, absolutely. We At- have this right here. And uh, there's going to be, I mean, this is the prototype. So as we're developing, there's, there's a lot of uh, interesting things that are coming to this. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, I mean, the name Clip is essentially a way to sort of clip different types of technologies onto you know, an invention which is, uh, you know, more than 200 years old. So this, our our sort of mission is to get the bicycle, you know, ready for the future. Where is this available right now? You can pre-order this on our website, clip.bike. Uh, we are se- you're setting up a pre-order list that, you know, when we launch, uh, you will be the first to get this uh, next year. The pre-orders are essentially, we are essentially just getting your uh, details on where you're riding so mm-hmm. that it's, it's more like a list of people who are interested in buying this. So, uh, so if you go and pre-order, you know, you will be on our list when we launch. You will be one of the first few people to uh, know in advance before we actually go to market. This is really pretty cool and pretty interesting. Clip dot bike, just spelled just like it sounds. C L I P dot B I K E. Look it up. Get on the list to get one, and when they come out, hey, you'll be the envy of the neighborhood. Thank you, Sam. Awesome. Much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. You are listening to Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart with our special guest, Lisa Ascalese, on WOR 710, Passage to Profit. Hi, I'm Lisa Ascalese, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. 
I've been inventing products for over 38 years. Hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest this evening, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Now on to our second and final pitch for the evening. With us this evening is Chisa Bailu and Kayla McCall with Pedal. You have two minutes. Go. My most vivid memory from my high school graduation day is actually stepping foot on stage and accepting my diploma and realizing I wasn't happy because I was headed to a school in the fall that I really never wanted to go to simply to avoid the $160,000 in debt I would have been in if I enrolled at NYU. See, I was stripped of an opportunity because it was too hard to find and apply to the scholarships that could have covered the cost. So I had to find a different way. There's over 14 billion dollars in scholarships available each year and more than mm-hmm. 12 million students looking for them yet there's no platform that connects the two in a way that prioritizes efficiency and career opportunities until pedal. We're a scholarship marketplace where students can apply to thousands of scholarships with one application. Our provider CRM enables corporations, influencers and organizations to easily create and manage their scholarships online. We're especially useful for corporations who are already spending $4 billion recruiting students ineffectively. So, for example, Amazon can't put a listing on Indeed to hire a female software engineer. But they can post a scholarship on Pedal to attract that exact candidate and engage with the applicants in ways that support their strategic needs. Don't worry, parents. We're free to the students, but we do charge the corporations and influencers varying SaaS fees to access our students. So in a few months, I'm really happy to say that we've been called the youngest black VC-backed founders in America. And we've been able to accrue over 2 million views across social platforms that we were able to turn into almost half a million signups to our wait list. And now that our application is actually live, you know, we're doing 30% month over month. And we were able to achieve the first set of that half million with $0 marketing fee. Right. So our lead investor for our current round is Amazon's venture fund, Newark Venture Partners, based on Newark, uh, Newark, New Jersey, just a brick city. All right. Uh, (laughs) But I got to tell you all, competition definitely exists. Uh, But unlike our competition, right, we have a real stronghold on what a millennial and Gen Z audience wants. Right. Uh, As two individuals that are not too far removed from college, I I can confidently tell you that if any of those other guys worked, we would not have created Pedal. Right. Uh, So my name is Chisa Bailu. My background consists of uh, marketing uh, and production where I was actually at Google, MSNBC, and I worked on this floor here uh, at the Elvis Duran show. iHeartRadio, big part of my lifestyle. Oh, uh, wow. Yes, yes, yes. So, so you're good better to know. than we are. That's why he's so smooth. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not smooth. I'm not smooth. I, I am a product of iHeartRadio. <laughs> so, you know, at, at iHeart especially, it really taught me how to, you, I could say, package things that are not too sexy, right, in, in a sexy manner, right? 
right? Mm-hmm. We'd have to work with a lot of different advertisers. And we'd work with a lot of people that would give us a lot of not cool things, but you make jokes out of it, right? And you make it cool and you make it funny and you're able to get things across. And we do that exact same thing with Pedal, right? It helps us to accrue a large student pool. And so it helps us work with different influencers and corporations so that at the end of the day, the students are getting the service they deserve. Uh, But as marketplaces work, both sides are getting a quality and a benefit that they're looking for. So right now we're finishing out our funding round, finishing it out on Thanksgiving. I got 500K committed to our 750K goal. And we're we're really happy to be on the tail end of that because I can't wait to just yes. go back to building a product. <laughs> shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to Uncle Gary Vaynerchuk for coming in as an investor too. Yes. Wow, good for you guys, yeah. Gary. Thank you Gary so much. Gary Woo. So, what are you going to spend your money on that you you're getting the seven fifty? Exactly. So we're we're going to really big put Thanksgiving. No. <laughs> <laughs> a big turkey. <laughs> What's that song? It's like, it's like beans, eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, we're, we're really going to put money into one marketing, but then also developing our sales and product teams so we can really put fire into what we're already doing. So where do you get the, uh, scholarship information? How do you, do you just go out and collect that or is there some method to that or how does that work? Yeah, we actually get a lot of our scholarship providers just from the different organizations and foundations and corporations that we sell to. So we're always making partnerships looking at who needs more exposure and visibility for the scholarships, especially those little weird, you know, left hand, I got one eye, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, scholarships, and but, then also corporations as well. But, you know, I, I, I don't have any statistics on this, but I have heard mm-hmm. that there are a lot of scholarships that people never even apply yeah. for. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. They, and it's just if you, you just need to know about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, maybe write a one-page essay or something, and they don't even get submissions for that. Yeah, you know, the scholarship industry as a whole is just extremely archaic, you know. And and on the other side of it, scholarships take a lot of time, right? People ask a lot of these same things in different ways, uh, which is really why we really went about that common application process to make sure that it's a seamless means for the student. uh, But as a foundation, organization, celebrity, or, or, or corporation, they're getting what they need out of it as well. Well, to get to Kayla's point for a minute, so do you help the students find the right one to apply to as well? Can you do like keyword searches or something? Uh, So we actually use AI matching technology to match those students with the scholarships they're eligible for, so they'll never see a scholarship on our site that they're not actually eligible to apply to. Now, you talked about $160,000 in debt after you graduated college. So what did you do? Is this what, is this your business? And when did you, I know I'm asking you a lot of things, but... A lot of questions um, have gone through my head since you guys are amazingly started speaking. You're brilliant. I think this is a wonderful platform. Thank you. I wish I knew about it when my son went to Pace, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, um, <laughs> spending a lot of money. and still. I think I'm still paying for student loans, I think. Um, so, so you talk you about- first. Yeah. So, so w- w- did you go to college? Did you finish? Or is this your business? And Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I actually, because I resonated with the problem so much, is the reason why I helped Cheesa build Pedal. So um, I actually wanted to go to NYU. That was my dream school. Mm -hmm. And I ended up not going because I got my financial aid package back and found out that I would have been in about $160,000 in debt. 
um, in total once I graduated. So I ended up going to Rutgers University um, on uh, academic scholarship. So good for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Still a very, very good school. Very yeah. Yeah. School. Great. Yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. So don't regret it. So you went into marketing? Is that what your degree is? Uh, no, we're actually both journalism and media studies. Justin Jay School. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they, they always said it was a wasted degree. Joke's on laughing? Soon all the way to the bank. Yeah, right. Amen. Amen. Yes. Can I just interject something here? So we've had people that say you don't need a college degree. You know, you can do a lot of stuff. And some people probably don't. But yeah. I think if you are the kind of person that needs a college degree or wants one, no matter what you get that degree in, it helps you in life. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, you know, something I was going to say is even, you know, obviously college degrees are transforming in, in a new way and in, in a more modern society. Something we want to make sure we're a part of is also individuals taking advantage of things like boot camps, mm-hmm. right, or, or different training methods, you know. Something we see our company growing into, obviously we're really invested in the college space now, but we know we're going to be very invested in the re-education space as well, right? That that would be good because our son got a biochemistry degree, wasn't making a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. went and got a master's in bioinformatics, and now he like more than doubled his salary. Amazing. Do you have an opinion on brick-and-mortar institutions versus online institutions. I assume that your scholarships would work for either type of institution, right? Yeah. But do you think that that change is going to be overall beneficial, or do you still think that the college experience, the traditional college experience, is the way to go? I mean, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they show the classes for Harvard on YouTube, right? Like they, and it, Because they, they know that people aren't going to Harvard for what's just taking place in class. Yep. Right. That's not the differentiator between someone that graduates from Harvard and someone that graduates not from Harvard. But it's typically the network that they're amassing that is to take them or lead them in throughout their career. Right. So it's undebatable. You know, I I can't even value enough how much the the time on campus is. But when it comes to actually learning skills and and really making skills that are applicable to different workforces, you can get that at either institution. Yeah. Yeah, I think being on campus is super important for myself, my kids. It's a transition place where you're safe, but you get to be your own adult, kind of. So it's like an in-between place. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, your net worth is your network, so or your network is your net worth. Either one. Either one. Either (laughs) way, we know what you're talking about. (laughs) Both both money. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Kyle, I wouldn't trade the the real life college experience for the world. So what's the business model now for yeah. your project? How do you guys make money on this? Great question. Yeah, great question. So we do not charge students at all. We want it to be free to them. Um, but we do charge corporations, influencers, organizations, or any individual who wants to create a scholarship on our platform varying SaaS subscription fees. Um, so that could range, you know, for an enterprise client anywhere between $100,000 and $250,000 a year. So when we work with these corporations, they're using us on the basis of HR, uh, sourcing students, developing, uh, because with these scholarships, they're also able to allocate training modules and coaching curriculum, which helps decrease that skills gap between senior year and the first day on the job, right? Oh, yeah. And, and in a more, you know, I'm not ragging on millennials, I'm one of them, right? <laughs> but obviously, we know it, it's more current culture now to, to be at a workplace two, three years, and then you're moving on. And it's been cited that it takes sometimes two to three years for an employee to be fully productive. So it's that much more important for an employee to be trained and efficient by the time they get there as opposed to learning on the job everything. So a big part of your business model is working with large employers Mm -hmm. and helping them identify good potential candidates. And then the employer gives out a number of scholarships. They see what happens at the end of the degree process. They may hire some of these people and they have a direct connection with people 
who are already top performers. And how did these investors find out about you? What was your marketing strategy in order to get all of the funding that you're getting? You're getting over $700,000 come November, right? Is that what you're hoping for? Yes, ma'am. How did you get these investors to invest? What was your marketing strategy? He can't can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Journalism? Shout out to the JMS. Yeah, (laughs) journalism and media studies. I mean, it, it was a process. We we I we hundred percent learned this thing the hard way. Yeah. Like we feel, we always joke all the time that we went to like the hardest like business school in the world, which is just like life. What? <laughs> like, you know, the streets. Yeah, the business school of the streets, man. And uh, pretty much what happened was we first and foremost had to figure out who the main players were in the game. Um, figure out once again our network, who we had accessibility and access to. Uh, getting the important interests that mattered, putting ourselves out there as much as possible. That's we we do a lot of LinkedIn posts. Hey, follow us on LinkedIn. Follow you know, LinkedIn, yeah, we, sure. we do a lot of LinkedIn posts. People know what's going on with us, right? Like we're definitely going to put this on LinkedIn later today. Uh, and so we made sure to connect with the people that mattered that they saw it. And in the same manner that we were able to growth hack with the students, uh, we did the same thing with these investors, right? Uh, so that we could have their information, be able to make sure they're seeing everything we're we're, we're doing, but also making sure something I learned here at iHeart. Um, we're cultivating the message that we're sending out to them, right? Uh, and then a lot of networking, a lot of events, a lot of meetings, a lot of phone calls to get to the right people, um, and, and then marketing ourselves in a manner that they felt was applicable to put money on it. Yeah, do not undervalue social currency. Like we, I think that we oh. we did not have the capital <laughs> in in the beginning of this process to to really learn quickly and iterate quickly because sometimes it takes capital to do that, especially when you're building a tech product. Mm. But what we did for the last two years was build solid relationships that now we're cashing in on. And that was one of the things. And also going out. When Jesus says go out and get your name out there, do it. Like there was a day, I'm sorry, Suni. I mean, uh, Cooney, I love you. But I <laughs> snuck into a Cooney event that was only for Cooney students. <laughs> and Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. was like, you, girl. And Gary Vaynerchuk said, okay, I'm going to take Q&A. And I was the first one on the mic. And I said, screw this Q&A. I want to shadow you for a day. And he said, nobody else asked that question, but I will take you up on it. And that was one of the reasons that opened up that door for yeah. us to get that investment later down the line. Wow, that was bold. That Zuni was bold. crashers. <laughs> yes. So you just got to get your name you out there. Love it. Love it. That's great. Yeah. You got to want it. You got to you want, want it. You got to. Yeah. So. Absolutely, for sure. And I want to keep going, but unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our segment no. here. Oh, no. But I want to say thank you so much. So, pedal. Yes, oh, pedal. Yes. Pedal spelled P-E-D-U-L. And why do we spell it like that, Chisa? Because EDU education is at the middle of everything we do, and we believe education is the bridge between P, purpose, and L, life. Pedal. Wow. Pedal. Don't forget to get a, at We Are Pedal. <laughs> get a trademark on that. So yes. you're listening to <laughs> the Passage to Profit. Thank you, Chisa and Kayla. Again, w- when is your product going to go live again? They can it, use it right live. now. You can use it right now. And what is right the now. website? www.pedul.com. So, so all those seniors that are looking at colleges right come now. Through, baby. Oh, come through, please. Yeah. Sign so, up. Come through. So Save don't, yourself. Don't, give don't up miss on this your, opportunity. Yeah, don't sure. give up on your favorite college until no, you've gone don't. to the site, yes. right? Absolutely. Yeah. So fantastic having you on. It's been such a pleasure. We're so excited for you and your success. Thank you all so much for having us. And we just keep hoping that you reach for the stars and continue to reach them. So Mm. you're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gerhardt Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation 
first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Uh, Remember everyone to go to the Passage to Profit page at GearHeartLaw.com. G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W, and vote for your favorite project. So, to summarize, our first pitch was by Sam Ray with Clip Bike. Clip dot bike. C-L-I-P dot B-I-K-E. It's the bike battery that helps you when you're tired. And our second pitch was by Chisa Abelu and Kayla Mikkel with Pedal. P-E-D-U-L dot com. Find those scholarships. And our guest is Lisa Ascalese, and you can find her at Inventing A to Z, inventingatoz.com. And our executive spotlight was Simon Brer with Vistaprint. Now, Google Passage to Profit and make your choice. Remember, you can only vote once, and you have until next Friday at 10 a.m. to vote. The best overall vote-getter for the show will receive a professionally produced video of their pitch, a $500 value. And before we sign off, thanks everybody that came today. I know it's a little bit of a hike from where you all live, but it was great having you here. Lisa, of course, was fantastic. Before we go, Lisa, do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience? Oh, I just want to say keep on doing what you're doing. Keep dreaming big because that's what we have. Dreams turn into realities. As we can see with the two pitch people we had here today, they really inspired me. And just keep on inspiring and keep on doing what you're doing. And I'm looking to stay in touch with all of you all the time. One more time. Keep on doing what you're doing. I can't wait to be in touch with all of you. And thank you, of course, Richard and Elizabeth. You guys rock. You inspire me. Continue Uh, to lift each other up two hands at a time. And you know, sometimes (laughs) you got to use your foot, right? (laughs) There are those days. There are those days. So we'd also like to thank our media maven, Kenya Gibson, our producer, Noah Fleischman, and the whole iHeart team. And don't forget to join us next week for another excellent speaker and another round of pictures. And listeners, you can start thinking about what your pitch will be. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhart from Gerhart Law on iHeartRadio with Passage to Profit, WOR 710, the voice of New York. <laughs>